What's in store this holiday at your local Staples? Gifts and packages shipped with care. So you can relax in knowing they'll soon be there. Now at Staples, you get 15% off UPS shipping services and 15% off all shipping supplies. Plus, Staples is open seven days a week. So you can ship around your schedule this holiday. And still get everything out in time while spending less. Staples, there's a whole lot in store this holiday. Exclusions apply. In-store only. See associate for details. Ends 1229-18. Juice, I asked you a question. Oh my god, this girl's really turning me on. Suck me sideways. Are you gonna pull those pistols and whistle Dixie? Hollywood's Motorcycle Madhouse on iHeartRadio. EA elects outline goals for Twin Peak cases. Plea bargains. Now that Barry Johnson is certain to be Welling County District Attorney come January, he's exiting the campaign trail and focusing on the challenges of his new job, which will include resolving the backlog of Twin Peaks biker cases. Democratic nominee Seth Sutton suspended his campaign in February, but didn't get his name removed from the November ballot until last month. Taking no chances, Johnson had been pressing the flesh at chili suppers, waving from cars and parades, and staying in the public eye as much as possible. Now, officially unopposed, Johnson has been spending more time visiting with elected DAs and counties comparable in size to McClellan County to gain insights into the job, pondering his future staff, and ways to heal fractures between the current DA's office and law enforcement, the local bar, and the media. Quote, Waco Police Chief Ryan Holt is a friend of mine and I plan to reach out to him soon. Johnson said, How in the world do you have a district attorney's office and you have 250 police officers at Waco PD and they don't like the DA? That has got to be solved. They are your right arm as district attorney, and it's my responsibility as the DA to make sure we have a good relationship. We have to get along. That is vital to making this thing work. Johnson soundly defeated Abel Reyna in the March Republican primary. The two ran into each other last month after McKellen County Judge Scott Felton invited Johnson to sit in on a commissioner's meeting when they were considering the DA's office budget. He said they shook hands and Reyna offered to meet with him and help in the transition. Quote, I appreciate that, Johnson said. I want to do my part, certainly to make a transition a smooth one, whether Mr. Reyna and I visit or have contact or not, end quote. As he has said throughout his campaign, One of the first things Johnson wants to do is to assemble a team to review the remaining 24 Twin Peak cases, which have been pending now more than three years with only one trial, which ended 
in a mistrial being concluded. Last month, 19th State District Judge Ralph Struther postponed what would have been the second Twin Peaks trial because he said he was concerned that Raynaud's office turned what normally is a Class B misdemeanor riot charge into one in which the defendants are facing life in prison. The judge said he wants to wait until Johnson assumes office in January to allow him to review the riot charges that Raina's office brought against the two dozen Twin Peaks defendants to supersede the engaging in organized criminal activity indictments initially filed against 155 bikers. Raina dismissed all but 24 of the 155 cases after vigorous challenges by defense attorneys and threats to put Reyna on the witness stand amid court filings calling Reyna's ethics and his criminal culpability into question. Three additional cases are being handled by special prosecutors because Reyna recused his office from them. Quote, I am going to look at those 24 cases and get the best people in the room who know the most about those 24 cases and then review them, Johnson said. My position is we are going to try the cases where we have a good probability of winning convictions. My position has not changed on that. The police officers and law enforcement people I have talked to are on the same opinion, and that is that there are probably four or five murder cases out of those Twin Peak cases. Maybe one or two more, and to me, those are the ones you have to concentrate on. Those are the ones I want to try, if there is probability of us winning, he said, end quote. Johnson said that he, like Struther, has concerns about the superseding ride indictments. Quote, I'm going to meet with prosecutors, and they are going to have to convince me that this riot cause of action is a viable cause of action, and that we have probability of winning these cases, Johnson said. I think that the citizens of this country are worn out with Twin Peaks, they are fatigued, and I don't think the company wants to spend any more money tilting at windmills. Johnson had hoped that Waco Police Sergeant J.R. Price, a 40-year-old veteran who oversees the Special Crimes Unit, would join his team to review the Twin Peaks cases. Quote, he was out there, Johnson said, I am told he was one of the best crime scene investigators in this part of the country. I really wanted to ask him if he could be part of the team that I am going to put together on day one so I can get in there and start looking at those cases. He told me, kind of disappointingly, Barry, that case was taken away from us within a few weeks of us doing all this work. The DA just told them, you're out. There are all these detailed police reports, very detailed and well done, and then all of a sudden there is time when it cuts off. There are no more Waco Police Department reports. JR was telling me that they are going to know more at the DA's office than we do now because we were taken off the case, Johnson said. Johnson said judges and the DA's he has spoken to advise him to carefully screen the cases before indicting a case if possible to let defendants and their attorneys know that this is the best offer they are going to get that prevents them from riding the system and hope prosecutors caving in later. That also will help keep cases moving, they tell Johnson. While the tough-on-crime rhetoric played well with voters, Reyna was criticized early by county officials and defense attorneys for his high plea offers even for the first-time offenders, 
They bogged the system down and clogged up the jail, Reyna's distractor said. Reyna said he wanted the defendants to grow accustomed to accepting the highest offer, which he said are still less than McClellan County juries hand out in most cases. Quote, the first thing I hear from everybody, and this may be an idealistic point, but it is still important, and you hear it from judges and other DAs, is that you need to do as much as you can to investigate and try to see that it is a case to go forward with before you charge the individual, Johnson said. Judges are adamant. Possible? Make your best offer before they indicted. Make your best offer first, and that will put some oxygen back in the courthouse and get things caught up. For example, three defendants in 54th State District Court on Monday were charged with assault, family violence. Two of them were habitual offenders, which made their exposure a minimum of 25 in prison and up to life. These charges against the third were enhanced, bumping the offense up to second-degree felony, punishable by up to 20 years. The first defendant, who has been in County jail 508 days was set for trial Monday, but accepted a plea offer for three years in prison after prosecutors dropped the habitual designation. The second defendant, jailed for 505 days, took a six-year offer on a weapons charge after prosecutors dismissed the habitual assault count. The third defendant, who has been in jail 309 days, was sentenced to three years in prison after reaching a deal with prosecutors after they dropped the enhancement paragraph. Defense attorneys Rob Swan and Michelle Tugu said they hope that the new administration will do a better job of screaming cases before indictment and move cases off the dockets more quickly. Although Tugu said most attorneys think time is on their client's side. Quote, we are in a situation right now where it is hard to get the cases resolved, Tugel said. It might be a resource issue where they need more hands on deck to resolve cases. We hope with a new office, a new boss, there will be more motivation and resources for these prosecutors to get these cases moving. I think a lot of it is a result of being in transition and a change in an administration. Tugel said she hopes the changing of the guard will bring about better consideration of crime victims not only by trying to resolve the cases more quickly, but by adding them more in the decision-making process. Quote, I certainly would hope that with the new administration, we would see a more critical analyst of the cases, end quote, Swadden said. I think that really taking a look at the strengths and weaknesses of the case before it gets indicted is a great ideal. I think they screen cases now, but I think there's a tendency to not see some of the weaknesses in the case. Swadden also said he would like to see, quote, more openness and better communication between the DA's office and the defense bar. I can remember a time when it was easier to get access to sit down and talk to DA's early on in the case and discuss whether a case would be filed or to discuss other ways to handle a matter other than just an indictment, Swadden said. I think in the last few years that has been more difficult. Swadden said he doesn't think Johnson's lack of criminal experience will be a factor. Johnson was a longtime civil plaintiff's attorney in Dallas. I think he will do a good job, he said. I think Barry can surround himself with good people, and while that may be a perceived weakness, it certainly does not have to be. I think he is a bright lawyer and is going to be able to handle the job. Motorcycle Madhouse with James Hollywood Bachari. Now, two days a week. 
Tuesdays and Saturdays at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Listen and download all episodes for free on HarleyBikerNews.com. Or the show is available on all major podcasting platforms like iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and more. This is James Hollywood Machikari. Hop on over and check out our new YouTube channel where you can hear Motorcycle Madhouse and watch the Biker Angle. You can look up the new channel by going to our website, HarleyLiberty.com, or Insane Throttle Biker News in the YouTube channel search bar. Don't forget to have that prospect hit the subscribe button and that bell in the upper right-hand corner so you will always be up to date with the new channel content. Motorcycle Madhouse with James Hollywood Machikari. Yep, yep, good to yep. go. Hollywood's Motorcycle Madhouse on iHeartRadio. Yeah. 
And welcome back. That was MMO, our new up-and-coming band. Hell of a fucking song right there, guys. Hell of a song. Let's get continuing on this Waco stuff. You know, I really don't understand how they're going to get five or six murder charges out of all those cases. Especially after being... You know, what are we on, three years now that this has been going on? And the district attorney has already screwed up everything that they got. And they even admitted in that article that the police were pulled off of it and the investigation really amounts to nothing right now. So what I'm really worried about is, did we elect a district attorney that just wants to ride on the biker's coattails? You know, before everything went down, he was saying, yeah, 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 I'm going to really take a look at this. And now all of a sudden, it's four or five, six murder cases out of the deal. So, I really, again, I really don't understand how that can even happen. You know, self-defense is going to be everybody's uh, freaking uh, line of defense in these trials and stuff. But so much going down in Waco, man. I think we need to get past this, admit that the cops freaking screwed up the initial uh, investigations and what it comes down to is the cops knew everything was going to happen and they did nothing to stop it and if we're going to go murder cases don't you think we need to start looking at the cops as well I think it was four or five of the guys that got killed were from police bullets and all of a sudden a lot of the ballistics are missing from them bullets nobody's been freaking held accountable for it and it what needs to be done is i guess this is what you can call a real case for an independent prosecutor to look at this you know the total cost of the may twin peak shootout has run into the solid seven figures and the state at least so far has little to show for its effort. And I'm reading this out of an article. I think it was uh, KX uh, Dallas, or uh, it was a newspaper down in Texas. And it makes a good point to what I'm going after here, is you're going to keep on spending the taxpayers' money, and all you had right now is a mistrial and a bunch of embarrassing stuff coming out of the DA's office. And it goes on the same... All the while realizing the final cost is not yet calculated for the defendants and in some cases may never be. It has a huge point there. A lot of these people lost their livelihoods. You know, they don't work. They can't work. You know, this has caused a blemish on their names. A lot of these people weren't even banditos or Cossacks that were involved in this. They were just some patch holders. Right now, McClellan County reports... $1.3 million and some change in total identifying cost related to Twin Peaks. Francis Bartlett, CPA, first assistant county auditor in McClellan County, said the county has received $914,058 and some change in the form of grant reimbursements from various sources, leaving a net cost to date of $403,777 and change. That figure does not account for costs incurred by the city of Waco, any of the other agencies that responded, or any costs reported by state or federal agency. 
Although, because so many cases have now gone by the wayside, the original estimate of cost to conclusion is less than was initially anticipated. Yeah, that's because he was too busy out there freaking spending the uh, county's money and the state's money and all the grants that everybody gets. And you guys got to remember, we pay for that. The grants you're talking about, we pay for that most of them probably i'm guessing came from the department of justice you know knowing these people but uh it, it it's unreal and now they got 24 cases and most notable among them is the retrial of jacob Carzile, whose first trial in november of 2017 ended in a mistrial and the only reason why it ended in a mistrial was because the judge allowed a Kazakh and I'm you know what I'm not taking sides here but the guy was sympathetic to the Kazakhs and he told them in the beginning so why put a sympathetic in you know he has a freaking a reason to go ahead and vote for freaking him to be guilty so there was a mistrial I just don't understand freaking justice down in Texas. And we'll talk about that a little later because the Mongols are down there right now over at the freaking stockyards and all hell broke loose out there with these cops down there. They went into a biker leather shop arresting people because they had a freaking patch on. But, you know, we'll get to that later in the broadcast. There's been more than 130 pending suits against local officials since this is all began, since they dropped a lot of these charges. Uh, then it goes on that the shots rang out May 17th of 2015 outside the Twin Peaks restaurant. Uh, within seconds, nine bikers were dead, more than 20 injured, and shortly after, 177 were arrested, each charged with engaging in organized criminal activity, and each held in lieu of $1 million. Meaning, well, if it's a Chicago thing, you're looking at 10%, so $100,000 to get out of freaking jail. And half these people, if you watch the video, and you can watch the videos over on our YouTube channel, half of them are running. Nobody has guns. They're running to get the hell out of there. But because they had a patch on, Raina said, round them all up. Let's arrest them and put this an organized criminal activity charge on them and ruin everybody's life. You know, the arrest affidavits, all 177 of them, were word for word the same, and none included mentionable of probable cause in any individual cases. None. So, basically, all the affidavits and the indictments were word to word for every single person, even though you don't watch the videos and see them running all over the freaking place to get out of the freaking fire. You know, they freaking... They did what the cops told them to do. They laid on the ground, raised their hands, all that stuff. And you just see it on the videos. But, you know, Reyna, in his quest to be a governor and wanted to get some political points, decided to arrest everybody. So, challenges from the list of lawyers began to pile up, citing violations of the Texas Code of Criminal Procedure, on probable cause requirements, and excessive bond. Which, in the previous segment, it even talked about how the cops were pulled off the case by Reyna. 
So how is it even possible you're going to keep moving forward with all this? How even with a new prosecutor, a new DA, how the hell are you going to keep on going forward with it when everything's screwed up? I don't see you winning. Even if you do get a conviction, I don't see you winning on appeals with any of this stuff because it's so screwed up. As the cases begin moving into the courtroom one by one, they began to fall apart one by one until ultimately of the 177, only two dozen remained. And out of those two dozen, this new DA thinks he can get, you know, up to six murder charges out of it. I just don't see it happening. I think he's going against his, you know, his campaign promises. And you better watch him. And that's just me as an outsider talking this. You know, those defendants left in the wake now are responding with only recourse they have, and at the last court date, there were 133 federal lawsuits filed <laughs> against McKellen County, Waco Police, the District Attorney, the Sheriff and his office, individual police officers, and the Chief and others, and against them, charged violations of the 4th and 14th Amendment constitutional guarantees plus a number of other civil rights charges and they're right because it was like a police gestapo action that day you just don't round up people without investigation or having no proof you don't give them no due process and due process is something that is sacred in this country you know diego Ablado. You know, and I hate to say if I'm, you know, saying his name wrong, we'll just go by Dago, is one of the plaintiffs. The gunfire erupted as Diego, who is not dressed in, you know, as this report calls gang colors, we'll just call it the right thing, club colors, was not armed, got out of his father's car, along with several friends. They hit the ground at once. All the time, Diego and his friends, all from San Antonio, can clearly be seen on video from several angles avoiding the fight, not participating in it. So, afterwards, Diego and his friends went to police and were arrested. What kind of law enforcement is that? I don't understand. So, somebody out there, you gotta tell me, man. And, you know, later, Reyna would say everyone was arrested and none were considered victims because if they're victims, they shouldn't have any problem coming into law enforcement and cooperating. And at least in the first round of interviews, we ain't getting that. In Diego's lawsuit, his attorney says his client, quote, was completely cooperative during interviews and voluntarily submitted to questioning and requests for forensics volunteering DNA samples and gunshot residue testing from law enforcement. Quote, he heard others at the convention center being asked for DNA and other samples, and he offered his. But the officer he was talking to said he didn't need it because Diego had been too far away from the mayhem, his lawyer said. Defendant Reyna knew of all these facts at the time he made the above-described public statement. That's what their lawsuit is alleging. Neither Reyna nor any other person or agency mentioned in Diego's lawsuit has filed a substantive answer to Diego's claims, meaning they're trying to sweep it under the rug because they got so many cases against them now. Reyna has not returned phone calls for comment. Well, you know, Tommy Witherspoon was out there all the time trying to get comments, trying to get both sides of the freaking story, the equation, and Reyna would never commented on it 
Because Reina, you knew damn well you were an asshole and you did this shit on purpose. You did this shit for personal gain. By time Diego's criminal case was dismissed almost three years later, he lost a stable job at the USAA because of the arrest. His reputation was subject to question and still had six kids to feed. Now how fair is that? That's the kind of country we live in? Dallas attorney Clinton Broden filed Diego's lawsuit and in it he charges his client was known by law enforcement from the very beginning to be not guilty of the charge, but law enforcement railroaded him anyway at Reina's direction. Diego is one of probably 30 to 40 defendants who suffered the kind of personal loss as a result of being arrested for nothing. A group of Twin Peaks defense lawyers say. And you gotta believe them because... Over the course of these couple years that I've been reporting in, I got a, you know close with some of the people that are actually involved in the case. One being, they're on camera shown doing nothing, and now they're still one of the 24 being charged with trying to hide evidence. And it, what you just see right on the video, the cop kicked the shit. Quote, it's unbelievable result of all kinds of people are going to pay for that, Russ Hunt. Longtime Waco attorney and among the deans of the defense bar in McClellan County said, Neither Hunt or nor anyone associated with his firm took any Twin Peaks cases, but they've all watched carefully as the issues unfolded in the courtroom. Some defendants lost their families or their jobs and their reputations, each as an individual case. But I think... There were a lot like that. It's ridiculous, just ridiculous, uh, the lawyer said. And you got to agree with the lawyer. That is ridiculous. This is the United States of America where due process is afforded to us by the Constitution of the United States. This was a Gestapo action. And I guarantee with all the politics that happened down in Waco, this asshole Reina is just going to walk away and nothing's ever going to happen to him. <laughs> man and and according to what the lawyer said is bottom line it's awful hard to successfully sue the government because they got these things where it's hard to you got to come o overcome this procedural shit where cops can't be sued and they use all this legal tactic bullshit where is lady justice and where is the justice in all that bullshit <laughs> you know, this lawyer goes on to say, I think Reyna's first impulse was what he should have been, to tell the people of McClellan County that they were safe and the situation was under control, as well as to convey to any element that might be out there that McClellan County would respond to threats. But at some point, Reyna's purpose and focus changed. Quote, I don't know what he was doing, Hunt said, and quote, but he didn't think it through. You're damn right. And you know what? Federal lawsuits are going to drag for years on this shit. You know, it's going to take years, at least two or three years after they filed to get into a courtroom, one of the staff attorneys said. And that's just unreal that people have to put up with this kind of shit. So, and I think that leads into, you do have the power to vote. you got to get involved in your country. Look at what is going on out there with this government right now. 
just released that the freaking deputy attorney general floated the ideal of fucking wiretapping the president of the United States. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Deep state my ass. That's some Nazi bullshit right there, man. That's some underhanded bullshit. And people, you need to get involved. These midterms, especially down in Texas with Cruz, you got to get out there and vote for Cruz, man. You're going to have a Democrat who's open against borders? Come on. Can anybody actually freaking back a guy who's against having borders? You, you got to be a leftist freaking nut if that's the case. You know, that's all these people are. They're into socialism. And you want to know what socialism is? And if you're listening loud and clear... It's what happened down in Waco during Twin Peaks. Only a few, <laughs> only a few, and I'm going to say this again and again and again, only a few benefit from socialism. It's always the top ones. Everybody else is poorer than shit. So Reyna took it upon himself to be a socialist dictator. But with that, let's go ahead into another segment before I can go all day on this Waco stuff. We're going to be talking about what's going on actually still in Texas with uh, the Fort Worth Police Department after this break. Hi, this is James Hollywood Machkari. Hop on over and check out our new YouTube channel where you can hear Motorcycle Madhouse and watch the Biker Angle. You can look up the new channel by going to our website, harleyliberty.com or Insane Throttle Biker News in the YouTube channel search bar. Don't forget to have that prospect hit the subscribe button and that bell in the upper right hand corner so you will always be up to date with the new channel content. Motorcycle Madhouse with James Hollywood Machikari. Yep, yep, good to yep. go. Hello, Fat Daddy Rabbit here from Wild Hogs, Easy Riders, Live to Ride, and Grumpy Old Bikers on Facebook. We are proud sponsors of Hollywood's Motorcycle Madhouse. Listen to them every Tuesday to Saturday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time on iHeartRadio and all major podcasting platforms. Yes, sir, that's what I'm talking about. Peace. Hollywood's Motorcycle Madhouse on iHeartRadio. What are they being detained for? You're absolutely right. Not everybody on the motorcycle is a gang. Not nobody on the motorcycle is a gang member. Gang members. So what are they? I didn't feel I was in harm's way until that officer So why aren't Bloods and Crips being arrested left and right? Why aren't Latin Knights and all these other gang members? No, just clarify that for me. Because those are gang members. Okay. Grab the DPS gang assessment report. Now these guys are on it. Sergeant Bain. Hey, sorry, got another one coming up. Now, why is he, hold up, why is he being detained? Just check it out, boys. Chill out. Just relax. I just want some answers. I mean, clarify something. If you have, you have something to do with this, I'll, I'll talk to you, but if, I, if you don't, I'm here. You pull your your buddy pulled the gun out while I was in here. I have everything to do with it. Please, you please stop. Let us take care of what we gotta take care of. We talked to you about it already. There's a couple guys that were armed. That's it. It's simple. Okay. Yeah. Well, there was one guy that came back to the back, so I don't know if I need to. He was in the bathroom. 
He was in the bathroom, so I don't know if you check that. But that's not what the other guy said. The other guy said because they're gang members. I mean, not nobody I know is a gang member. He said you're painting it with a broad stroke. No, they you did that. A family establishment, and the guy's pulling a gun in here with a little girl in here. Okay. Yeah, because you might be a gang member as well. I am. I'm with the bomb squad. Bomb squad. There you go. She's a bomb. <laughs> bomb baby. <laughs> no, I want some barbecue. They won't let me have. They won't let. They won't let me have any. You barbecue. ain't seen her when she's angry. You might I know. <laughs> You might have to arrest her if you don't let her eat. Every bit of sandwich. Every. I'm all good. I don't want. I gotta see what all he's got. He said he has some left. You grab my phone. Can we go out there and film? No, I said. Then what you stay in here for your safety? Did they get everything for our safety? Yes, sir. Y'all pulled the gun, and you're saying for our safety? <laughs> Come on, dude. They ain't gonna hurt anybody. Would you mind moving a little bit? So yeah, can you? They want me here at the door, so I'm gonna be here at the door. Why, nobody's trying to get in or get out? That recording right there was a, a video that was taken, I believe it was yesterday, the 22nd, of police entering Wilson's Leather Store in Texas, where they detained, I believe, what it looked like, Vagos. Now, a lot of people are asking why the Vagos are in Texas. Well, that's none of our damn business. It's what just happened, and that's what the video looks like. Uh, but I'm going to refer to Popeye over at Texas Biker Radio. He was actually there when this was going down. Thank God, man, because, you know... Popeye does a hell of a lot of work for bikers, especially as far as constitutional stuff, police profiling, and basic biker rights. So this is off of his blog explaining this incident. It's titled, Motorcycle Clubs Are Not Gangs. But you can't convince the Fort Worth police of that. We suspected this all about show as far as the law was concerned. Creating or trying to create a public panic seemed to be the goal with the ATF Star Telegram Media Blitz. And Star Telegram has been going off on it. And it actually does have some stories that I covered earlier in the week for the lead up to this uh, national event, it seems, that the Mongols were having. And they were nothing but a propaganda machine for the police department, let me tell you. And it goes on to say, which included visits to the local businesses, encouraged them to put up signs of no colors, predicting total doom with three to 700 iron horse riders shooting up the town. Yahoo! All we needed was a Sergeant Swadden type to appear. Although we're still waiting to see what statistics might say about the whole affair, it looked pretty tame as thousands of tourists couldn't be kept away by the threat or rain or the Mongols MC. 
Matter of fact, Turris said to take it all with stride as they stopped for picks with Mongols, who were happy to oblige. At least that's what we saw in the stockyards, a typical day waiting for the next cattle drive. There was some nasty behavior, though, not by the MCs. As we were driving past Wilton's leather goods, we saw this mass of police cars and a whole bunch of POs kind of hanging around. Since our mission was police behavior, we decided to see if we could nudge on inside for a look. Inside was some riders from Bagos MC from various parts of the country. Apparently, they were being detained and profiling for existing. Welcome to Texas. We heard later two of their prospects were arrested for having wet bins. Not knowing the difference between street gangs and motorcycle clubs, the police promptly sent them to jail. Since the law claims gang members can't possess guns even if they have a LTC. In Texas, you can carry in your vehicle, still not knowing the difference between MCs and gangs. It just gave them an excuse to violate your constitutional Second Amendment rights. Inside, the police demanded hands up against the wall. One rider was away from the wall with his hands up. Not sure if there was a spot on the wall for him or did he not hear it. A FTW police officer drew his gun on him and Jeff Wilson's little granddaughter started crying. We did see that kind of action was necessary since he was trying to comply. So why did the cop have to pull a gun out? So we promptly pulled out video phones and went to work. It got real goofy when more cops and cars came in mass as if something had really gone down. Cars lined a whole city block with lights flashing and radios blaring, making a big old scene. All we needed was a helicopter and a 6x10 glossy pictures. It would have been the Alice restaurant all over again. It gets better. We, quote, the customers, end quote, became hostages. Yep, wouldn't let us leave. Cops willing to pull guns, AR-15s, and crying kids. What's next? Of course, we tried to explain MCs are not street gangs again and how they couldn't be classified as street gangs themselves. That did give some thought to calling Sheriff Wayborn outside, but instead we opted for an escape out the back door where we promptly ran into more cops who threatened to take our phones as evidence for their investigation. I asked what evidence wasn't really an investigation of a crime going on. It was profiling and data mining of bikers, and they didn't seem to care for anyone out of town. Shades of Waco it was. We left that cop and his buddy blabbing, threatening, and continued our escape through the alleyway and adjacent street only to take more pictures out front. Our mission accomplished. Way to go, Popeye, man. You really uh, do a kick-ass job down in Texas. I encourage everybody to go over to Texas Biker Radio. I believe they're still on Tuesdays, Popeye and OG, but they fight for the rights of bikers down there in Texas, man. It's something else. 
The only thing that really came out of this whole weekend, as reported by the Star uh, Telegram, a fight erupted early Sunday at a hotel bar involving a suspected Mongol biker member that drew the attention of 10 patrol cars, but no serious injuries were reported, police said. In addition, police said Sunday no arrests were made. Police had been on high alert this weekend after agents with the ATF alerted local authorities the motorcycle gang had a rally planned in the city. The Mongols have been called the most violent and dangerous outlaw motorcycle gang in the nation, according to the Department of Justice website. So, as you can see, the Star Telegram just keep on pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. <laughs> but... As this story unfolds, we'll have more in the coming week, I'm sure, on Biker Angle, as well as here on Motorcycle Madhouse. I'm going to try to reach out to the owner of Wilson's Leather Goods down there and get his uh, viewpoint of this whole situation. But with that, I'll see you in the next segment. We actually got a good one coming up, man. It's where a millennial talks about what he don't like about the old school bikers. Hey there, this is Hollywood from the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. And you're listening to Hollywood on Motorcycle Madhouse. Want to keep up with all my projects? Then head on over to my Twitter account, at Glow Hollywood. And don't forget to listen to Motorcycle Madhouse every Tuesday and Saturday on all iTunes, iHeartRadio, and all major podcasting platforms talked about something uh, that's been kind of bothering me that I've been thinking about lately is that I do have some issues with the older school biker crowd or whatever you want to call it and I know I'm probably gonna get some flack but uh, I have some bullet points I have some things I want to talk about and this is really just you know 100% honesty I'm not just I'm not saying this kind of crap to to get clickbait or anything like that I'm not doing that this is I actually did have some issues and like bike nights and stuff have been really kind of hard for me to go to because of this where it's like, I just, I don't know. Uh, the first bullet point that I have is that I really don't identify with a lot that they do. Now, I understand that there's a lot of, um, you know, bike groups. There's a lot of, you know, riding clubs that do very good stuff that, you know, they do uh, toy runs. They, they do stuff for, for cancer. I'm all for that. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, is when I go to a bike night or something and it's just like, there's nobody wearing gear. And it's, I mean, I understand the leather and the cuts and all that stuff. I understand that, but it's like, to me, it's like, it's very unsafe. And then on top of that, a lot of them make fun of the people that do wear gear. It's like, we're not really riders and stuff. So there's that, there's that divide. And I don't know if it's because uh, it's, it's a manlier or, you know, something that's going on, you know, from back in the day that you had to earn riding or whatever. But when I started riding six and a half, seven years ago, it was very, very like blatant in my face that that uh, I was riding a girl's bike. You know, I was riding a Harley Sportster. It was a 1200, but it was considered a girl's bike. I wasn't riding a bigger bike. I couldn't afford a bigger bike, and I really liked the Sportster. There's nothing wrong with the Sportster. Um, so I, they weren't very open to, to my type of riding. And this was when I first started riding about six, seven years ago, so it's still pretty fresh. You know, it's still pretty, pretty new. It's not like this was a generational gap thing here. This is still happening right now for me sometimes. And uh, they're just not very open to other, and I'm saying they, so if you're one of them, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about the generalization, okay? Um, 
but newer, different type of riders. Like if I showed up with a group of sport bikes to a bike night and it was mainly, you know, cruisers, I have a feeling that they wouldn't feel welcome. And I don't think that's, I don't, honestly don't think that's right. I think we, we're all riding on two, two wheels that we should all hang out. Um, but then again, there's also different types of, you know, people on top of different types of bikes. So, I mean, different types of people, uh, sport bike riders might be a different type of uh, person as a cruiser rider, but still, at the same time, you should be able to enjoy it and still be able to enjoy a bike night, enjoy the other bikes, look at the other bikes. I just never really felt welcome, um, even with my own cruiser, at uh, uh, like a cruiser bike night type thing. Um, but my experience riding around and, and meeting new people has opened my eyes. Uh, it does feel like it's a huge club. Uh, the, the older school, the old bike riders, you know, just you know, getting upset with Harley for going this new direction, making fun of millennials because we're not buying the bikes and, or we're, we're not buying cruisers anymore, we're killing Harley Davidson. It just feels that like that is a, an issue for me going, going forward in this motorcycle community because you know, it's just, I don't know, it's just there to where they don't, it's like they want more of them and I'm not that. I'm sorry, I can't be that. I can't be the old school. I'm going to wear, you know, leather and and uh, the cuts and wear a bandana or, or whatever it is, you know, and not wear gear. It's like, I, I want to wear gear. And honestly, I, I, <laughs> I, don't like other, I don't like other people. I have social anxiety. So going out and meeting and doing a bunch of these things, it's, it's kind of an issue. It's like, it's kind of intimidating. So I don't want to do that. So um, what I create here with this channel is that this channel is about inclusivity. This channel is about you know, accepting new riders that might be nervous and intimidated by those older school bike riders, the, uh, you know, the cruiser crowd, or even the sport bike riders that, you know, that do stunning and all that stuff. Like sometimes people don't want that. That's, they just want to ride and commute to work and they just enjoy two wheels and they're new to this. So that's the whole point of this channel is like, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm not creating a whole new culture. I just feel like there's a, there's a subsection of us riders that, we don't fit in with that certain old school crowd. And I think I'm part of that. And I think uh, what we got going on here is kind of showing that. Um, but yeah, I have a tough time at bike meetups. I really do. I, I, I love going to the meetups to see the bikes. I'm there for the bikes. Like I want to see the different kind of bikes. But man, some people are just like, I don't know if it's ego or if it's, uh, I don't know, some people are just like, man, we're better than you type feel. It, and it sucks. It really does. And I don't, I don't like that. So I don't really mesh with that. You know, after hearing that, I think that's the first time I finally realized how old I'm really getting and how different the generations really are. At his age, shit, at 21, it was all about going out there, partying, raising hell, and now it seems to be all about whining. And I have to admit, and I got to throw it out there, uh, the audio was sent to us with that, but we found out uh, it actually came from a YouTube video called Dan Dan the Fireman, which actually has a really good channel. He really does. And... It has stuff on a lot of biker shit, and it has stuff on mental health issues, but when it comes to this, it really did give me perspective on how the generations have changed a lot, and I don't even think, you know, the Vietnam generation that I learned from would say that about my generation. I think it just, you know, rolled into one, but 
what the hell has Generation X raised, man? And that's the the category I'm really in. I'm a Generation Xer. And they hear how these new guys really think about the scene and how they conduct themselves is a big wow moment for me. You know, he talks about going to the bike nights and feeling that people are looking at him, making fun of him because his riding gear. And like I said in my response to the video that I put up on Biker Angle, who really gives a shit what you wear? And you shouldn't be out there giving a shit what anybody says about you. You know, if you're a biker, be a biker. Don't give a shit what the hell people think of you. Yeah, to me, the riding gear is a little overused. You know, especially when you get the, you know, the big old helmets on and then you get the freaking fancy jackets and then you get these big ass riding gloves. And like I said on Biker Angle, man, helmets to me, all they are is to make you look pretty in a casket. Because <laughs> let's admit, man, after 25 uh, miles an hour, it's really not going to do you any freaking good. Your head will probably snap all over the place and shit like that. And it's never really been proven that a helmet will save your ass after 25 miles an hour. So, I understand that you feel uncomfortable, but you can't go there either prejudging people. If you want to get to know people in the scene, you have to go up to them. You got to talk to them. You know, old guys ain't going to, you know, the older guys my generation or even more, of my, you know, above my generation ain't going to go up to you and say, hi, how you doing? Give you a fucking hug, pull your dick or take fucking uh, showers to the wee hours in the morning with you, man. We're not, we're not built that way. We're not raised that way. And that's not the way we look upon life. We don't look upon life like we're owed anything. We look upon life like it's a bitch and everything that life can throw at you, it's going to throw at you. And that's the way we conduct ourselves. So you're going to have to get it out of your head. And I know you got social anxiety and shit, but you're going to have to go up to some of these bikers and say, hey, how you doing? Start a freaking conversation with them. You know, they're not going to go all how to, you know, you got this in your head that they're going to think, hey, I'm this or I'm that. That's just not the case, man. Not the people that I know anyway. If a kid your age came up to me, and a lot of them do, when I'm out at rallies or I'm at poker runs or I'm covering events, I got guys, shit, I got kids freaking younger than you coming up to me and, hey, how you doing? They're all out going and shit. They want to learn more about the biker scene. Hey, I seen you on YouTube. I hear your podcast. I read Insane Throttle Biker News. And they're really outgoing. They really want to learn. So I can't just put the entire generation in the whining category. You know, after all, it's that generation who fought the Iraq War. They're in Afghanistan right now. They're over there giving service for our country. And they're fighting the good fight. So I'm not going to put the whole entire generation and lump them into one freaking deal. I, I'm just not going to do that. But there are others, a small freaking, you know, segment that I guess social anxiety is a fucking thing for them. And I kind of attribute that to <laughs> sitting in front of the video games all day. Because let's admit it, man, it's a video game freaking air now. And... People, instead of going outside, they now talk to people around the world on an internet game or whatever the hell they play. So they really don't got the social skills that we did, our generation did, as kids. 
You know, we were always out going, hey, let's go do this, let's go do that, hey, let's go bang this broad, let's go bang this broad. And these kids just don't think that way. And I actually read an article where it said, hey, Generation Xers and above, it's your fault. You raised us this way. You raised us to be scared of everything that happens in this world. And I started thinking about that. And I was like, you know what? You're fucking right. That is kind of true. We did raise a bunch of pussies. And hopefully that can be undone as they go through life and understand life ain't a box of fucking chocolates, man. As Forrest Gump said, you never know what the hell you're going to get. So hopefully, you know, because he's doing a, he, he did another series and he kind of admitted he was a motorcycle enthusiast. Uh, and he's got another one coming out, and I'm going to take a look at that. And I do, uh, you know, recommend everybody going over to his channel. Uh, it's Dan Dan the Fireman over on YouTube. And we also, you know, got a new uh, creator out there. And if you're a creator that has anything to do with, you know, the biker lifestyle, you know, send me your banner over, and I'll get it over to the biker-related YouTube channel page on InsaneThrottle.com. But uh, I want you to check out and subscribe to Rocky Williams' channel. He's an old scooter tramp with a hell of a lot of good stuff. But going back to this millennial stuff, yeah, I got to get him a plug, man. These are good guys out there. And there's a lot of good content out there. But going back with the millennials, hopefully they get their shit together. Hopefully... They'll get out there, meet people, stop being so damn afraid of everything, stop being so afraid of your shadow, because if you're living in fear, man, you ain't living at all. But I want to thank everybody for uh, joining the show. I want to thank everybody who's stuck with us at Insane Throttle, uh, Motorcycle Madhouse, and Biker Angle. We are going through the freaking rough, and that's only because of you guys out there. I really appreciate all those who come up to me at the rallies and all that stuff and want to sit there and talk. It's just amazing how that is. And, you know, without you guys, I couldn't have done this. New Age of Biking and Brotherhood is kicking butt over on Amazon and uh, I believe Barnes and Nobles and a couple other ones. I got the ebook out there as well as the paper book. I also got one coming out April, or August 1st. It's called the Legitimate Motorcycle Club. That one I worked with some other people on to get advice and shit like that because that's a subject that I'm always getting, uh, you know, asked about is how to start a club and shit like that, how to maintain one. So this uh, book coming out is more, you know, towards that crowd. Hopefully, you know, you get education and shit like that and you uh, know why protocol exists and you actually follow it. But... Don't forget to join me every morning on the Biker Angle over on our YouTube channel. It uh, usually is released by 11.30 in the morning. If later, then I had some shit to do. <laughs> but uh, I also am doing live streaming over on YouTube every uh, morning at 9 o'clock on Saturday. So come involved, get in the conversation, and... Uh, Hope you guys are being safe out there, and that's this episode for today. You guys take care, keep the rubber side down, and be safe. 
Well, that's it for this week's episode of Motorcycle Madhouse. Don't forget to go over to New Insane Throttle's new YouTube channel and check me out over on Biker Angle. Also get your daily dose of biker news every morning at HarleyLiberty.com. If you haven't done so already, go like the new Motorcycle Madhouse Facebook page. And until next week, I'm James Hollywood Machikari. And remember, keep that throttle crack wide open. Introducing the amazing iPhone XS you'll love on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. It's the perfect way to stay connected to those you heart most. Fall in love with iPhone XS on T-Mobile. And right now, trade in an eligible iPhone and you'll save $300. Visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE. If you cancel service, remaining balance is due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. $279.99 down plus $30 per month times 24. Full price $999.99. APR for well-qualified buyers plus tax on full price. Allow eight weeks for rebate. Holiday tips and wine stories from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. My top tip, not all gifts have to be for others. Treat yourself. Crisp whites like a floral Sauvignon Blanc pairs perfectly with shrimp cocktail and other light appetizers. Now that's how you kick off a holiday meal. Most adults smile an average of 20 times a day. Make that 21 for someone you love with the perfect bottle from Total Wine and More. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Total Wine and More. Cheers.